He is the giver of all good things. Amen. He is the provider, sustainer, lover of our souls, comforter in times of mourning and hardship. He watches over us. He protects us. He loves us. He's with us in all things. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing, Lord. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house and to worship you. And Father, we just pray this morning that you would speak into our hearts, that you would speak into our souls. Father, that you would draw us closer to you, that our hearts and our lives would be transformed, that we would reflect you in all we do and all we say. Father, we ask that you would just help us to look more like you and less like the world, that our lives would reflect your glory just like Moses when he came off the mountain, that the people would see your glory radiating off of us, your Shekinah glory. Father, come this morning. Do a new work in each of us. Light a new fire. Kindle a flame to burning and roaring fire, Lord. That would draw the attention of those around us. So that as we leave this place, we leave carrying your flame out into the world to set it on fire for you. Not for us, but for you. Jesus, remind us that in all of this, as we pray, it is not about us. It's not about what we want. It's not about how we want things. It's about you. It's about your glory, your grace, your message, your gospel message of love shared through your son who left his throne to come down and die one of the most painful deaths imaginable. All because you love us and you pursue us. May we have the same heart for a lost and broken world around us to share your love and your grace with them. Father, be in the message this morning. May it be your words that are spoken, not mine. Come in, Lord. Speak through me. Help me to step out of the way. And Father, speak into our very souls. Let there be change and transformation. Let there be a relationship that is drawn closer to you as we hear your word this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Mark Twain became morose and weary of life. Shortly before his death, he wrote this. A myriad of men are born. They labor and sweat and struggle. They squabble and scold and fight. They scramble for little mean advantages over each other. And age creeps upon them. Infirmities follow. Those they love are taken from them, and the joy of life is turned to aching grief. It is the release that comes at last, the only unpoisoned gift earth has ever had for them, and they vanish from a world where they were no consequence, a world which will lament them a day and forget them forever. 
Now you're all excited after that reading, right? Because here's what Mark Twain is getting at, and it's exactly what we're going to read in Deuteronomy this morning. We have a choice in life to make. And that choice is summed up in this question. Who will we serve? When we die, will people remember us? Or they, will they remember the person that we serve? That opening song, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who saved my soul. I'm a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody. And it isn't me. It's Jesus Christ. Will we see people and tell them about Jesus? Will we see people and lead them to Christ? Or will we choose to live our life our way, sequestered, hidden, alone, claiming a Christianity that dies when we die? Because we don't live a life for Jesus. Well, join me this morning in Deuteronomy chapter 30, starting at verse 15. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in the ways and to keep His commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're given two choices in this passage. Pretty straightforward, isn't it? Life or death. Now, the reality is, is we all jump to the side that says, I want life. But the reality is, is how we live our life is the answer to which side we choose. There's a choice that we have to make, and we're going to spend some time walking through these, and I'm going to reverse the two. You see, when God speaks here, He says right up front, choose life. But I want to start with the topic of death, because I know everybody's so excited to talk about that. And I want us to see that God doesn't mince words. He's straight to the point in this chapter. In verse 17 and 18, he says, But if your heart turns away, and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, 
I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. God flat out tells Israel, make a choice. Make it clear. Make it one that you're willing to live by. And oh, by the way, when you're done with your choice, if you choose death, here's the result. You will lose everything. You see, we have to make a decision. Are we going to follow him in action, not just in word? Now, see, here's the thing. People come and they say, oh, I'm a Christian. But, you know, this is where the problem comes in. They say, oh, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I worship God. I tithe. I do X, Y, and Z. But when you look at their life, do you see Jesus? When you look at the life of somebody, their life should show you life or death. It should show you progress. It should show you a life working towards a relationship that grows in Jesus Christ. If it's wrapped up in the world, it will show you the same thing the world shows you. I got a list of what I want. I got a list of what I want to do. And all of it is about me. Oh, they'll talk a good game. But the reality is the fruit of their actions, the fruit of their labor, the fruit of where they put their time and their money will show you who they serve. But we have to realize that in this, it's not just about showing. Here's the part that gets scary. Because God lays it out really straightforward here. Be ready for the consequences. Be ready for the reality. You make the choice. God gave us free will for a reason. Notice that God never took free will away from man. He doesn't want you to love him because it is dictated. He wants you to love him because you want a relationship with him. Because you can't live without him. Because he is everything to you. It is a free choice. But it is also our choice to say, I won't do it. And when we make that choice, we have to live with the consequences. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 32 says this, For simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 3, starting at verse 19. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light, so others can see that they are doing what God wants. You see, man was made for a relationship with God. We were not made to be hidden. We were not made to wander the hillsides alone. We were made to be in a relationship with the creator of the universe. That should get you excited. That should get you excited to share it with other people. It's not about me. 
It's about the person who knows the number of hairs on my head. How many people have counted the hairs on their head? Sorry, Carl, you're excluded from this. Uh, you know, but the reality is, is that how many people know? He does. And he loves you so much, hear this, that he lets you make the choice if you will reciprocate that love. Isn't that kind of scary, but exciting at the same time? See, God has not hidden his laws from us. He has laid them out for us. He has put them before us so we can follow them and live by them. The choice is ours. Will we honor him with our lips only or will we honor him with our lives? Hebrews 3.12 says, Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. This is why John Wesley and other speakers have said, you have to be careful what the heart tells you. Your emotions will lie but he will not. True love is a love that walks with you at all times. True love is not fleeting. You see, each of us is responsible for our own lives, for our own heart. We choose life and what it looks like. We choose whether we hide ourselves away. We choose whether we live a life that is in full service to Jesus Christ. We choose what we show others. And the reality is, is that the only person in here I am responsible for before, when I stand before the throne, is myself. Bart's responsible for Bart. Joanne's responsible for Joanne. Doug for Doug. Sorry. You don't get to stand before the Creator and say, but, 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 Bart didn't chase me down. Doug didn't give me time in Sunday school to talk. No. You're responsible for you. Choose who you will serve. And when you make that choice, dig in. Grow. Don't come with excuses. Don't come with a reasoning that says, well, but pastor, there was this event, or there was this, or there was that. No! Choose who you will serve. Moses didn't sit at the bottom of Mount Sinai and say, well, Lord, I, I, I know you want me to come up and have a conversation with you. Hold on, I'm having my cup of tea. I'll be there in a half an hour. Moses went! We have to choose who we will serve. If we make that choice, God will bless us. But we have to remember this. God always keeps his promises. God will always keep his word. The question for us is, will we keep ours? Will we choose to follow him? in every day living in every part of our lives no matter what the cost as i get to know some of you i am i'm just amazed and i'm touched at the stories of sacrificial giving even when it hurt lord it's not about me 
It's about your kingdom. It's about blessing the next generation. It's about sharing your gospel message with them. Lord, even if I have to give things up, I'll do it. That's a life that has chosen to follow Christ. But the question for the rest is, how serious are we about our relationship with Jesus? Do we really want to try God and see if he'll hold to what he's promised? Now, the good news is is that the tragedy of life is not that it is ending soon, but the tragedy is, is that we wait so long to begin it. And what do I mean by that? I mean, we choose life or death, but we have to choose what it means. If we're going to choose life, do we demonstrate a covenant committed relationship of love for God in our actions that serves him and serves his interests, that listens to the voice of God and holds fast to him alone? Above all other things, above all other voices, above everything this world throws at us, are we solely listening to him? Or do we listen to everything around us? The offer of life is a reward for obedience. And in Deuteronomy, it's assumed obedience to, is an expression of our faith. Did you ever think about that? What does your faith truly look like? Is it obedient to the law? Is it obedient to the love and grace of Jesus Christ? Jesus didn't come to abandon the law. He came to uphold it. But Jesus came to supplement the law. Jesus came to say, look, it's not just only about the rules. This is about a choice to be love, to be grace, to be mercy, to show my gospel to everyone around us so that we can all be forgiven and we can all live in eternity with him. To live a life that follows Christ is a choice. John 14, 21 says, Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. You see, this isn't a favor that we've won through obedience to the law. Rather, this is a willing obedience to the law that is proof that we have accepted a life of faith that is based in the grace and love of Jesus Christ and none other. 1 John 5, verses 2 and 3 says, We know we love God's children if we love God and obey His commandments. Loving God means keeping His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. I love when people say, following Jesus is so hard. The reality is it's not really that hard. It's just a commitment. It's a willingness to be obedient in all things, no matter what the cost. No matter what He requires of us. Loving God in this way completely has become possible in the New Covenant because through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we are saved and made whole. 
We have to surrender to him through the, surrender to him though and choose to live our lives as he calls us to live them not as the world calls us to live. And that can be a challenge. That means that we choose life and service to others, sharing his gospel message of love and grace. It is not a call to sit alone and to wait. It is a call to love and share and serve in his name with his heart as his hands and his feet to the world around us. Why? Because he showed us this in his own life. That we must step outside of our comfort zone. We must get out of our pews and we must go out into the world and take him beyond the four walls of the church where his love is needed. Ezekiel chapter 18 emphasizes that there are no victims, people standing before God and their ultimate destiny, life or death. It is in our own hands. We make the choice. Which will we choose? You see, God takes no pleasure in the death of anyone. That's why he made the greatest sacrifice. That's why he gave his son. This is the greatest gift. So no one would have to die. But that we would all be able to live with him in paradise and eternity. So the choice is ours. Which will we choose, life or death? C.S. Lewis writes this, When the author walks onto the stage, the play is over. God is going to invade all right, but what is the good of saying you are on his side then when you see the whole natural universe melting away like a dream and something else comes crashing in? This time it will be God without disguise, something so overwhelming that it will strike either irresistible love or irresistible horror into every creature. It will be too late then to choose your side that will not be the time for choosing. It will be the time when we discover which side we really have chosen. Whether we realize it before or not, now today, this moment, is our chance to choose the right side. The text this week reminds us that God has taken the initiative in revealing himself to the point that no human quest or no far corner of the globe is needed. No deep recess of soul searching is needed. We simply need to come and surrender to him and live our lives in obedience to him. It is in the light of the incarnate crucifixion and resurrection we see in Christ the grace of God embodied. Therefore, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. He has given you a choice, life or death. Galatians 2.20, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. 
So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Revelations 21.6 And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to be at home with him. But the choice is yours. He's not going to make it for you. Will you live your life in a way that is fully invested in Christ? Will you give Him your heart, mind, body, and soul? Or will you choose to live for the world and to suffer the consequences? The cost is your eternal life. Where do you want to spend it? Valentine's Day was Friday, and, it, and it's a wonderful holiday filled with hearts and chocolates and wonderful cards and all that wonderful stuff about love that's fluffy. But the reality is, Valentine's Day isn't about a true love because Valentine's Day comes once a year. The true love that Jesus Christ is offering us is a love that doesn't just last for a lifetime. It lasts for an eternity. It lasts longer than you could ever imagine. It has been in existence long before you were born. And it will continue to be in existence long after we have gone home. But we must make a choice. Who will you choose to love? How will you choose to love? Will you love Christ or the world? Will you love others as Christ has loved you? Or will you love yourself? As for me and my house, we will choose to serve the Lord. Who will you choose to serve this morning? I believe God is calling us as a church to come back to Him. Now, I'm not saying people have walked away, but I'm saying I think some fires have, have maybe died down. There's been some hardships and some struggles, and and I do truly believe that God wants His bride back in radiant glory. But I believe He's asking us to make a choice. Who will you serve? And so this morning we're going to take some time for prayer. I'm going to open up the altar and I'm going to ask you to, to take that time as we sit in silence. And if the Spirit is saying, look, come on, I want more. Come on, I'm not done. Come on, come to me. The altar's open. These altars are a holy place. They're a sanctified place. 
We believe this is a place where you can meet Jesus, where you can hear from God. I mean, you can do that in your seat, but this is a special place. So I want to challenge you this morning. Regardless of where you are in the sanctuary, I don't care where you are, sound team, AV team, or whether you're in a pew. God wants a closer relationship with you. What do you want? He wants to know who will you serve. So this morning, if you're committed, and if you're ready to dive deeper, to love harder, and to love longer than you ever thought possible, but to love with a grace and a mercy that can only be given by the King of Kings, then I'd ask you to come this morning and meet him at his throne and just say, Jesus, here I am. Pour into me. If you can't kneel, come and sit on the front row. But come and be with Jesus this morning. Would you come? Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. Father, we come wanting more of you. More of you in every part of our life. We want to be so soaked and inundated with you that, that that's all anybody sees is you. We want a relationship with you that is so close that like Moses, when we come out of spending time with you, Lord, we glow with your radiance, with your love. Father, we want to be so close to you that, that when we go out in the community, we see people with your eyes, with your heart. And Father, we can't help but just love on them and share with you, share them to, Lord, just bring your glory and grace to them, to introduce you to them, and to offer them a chance to come home. Father, we ask this morning that you would just speak into our hearts and into our lives, that you would just pour into us like never before. Father, that no matter the age, no matter the health condition, no matter what's going on in our lives, Lord, that, that as we come before you this morning, that you 
would just pour afresh and anew into us. Lord, that you would use us in a mighty way to reach this city for you. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to worship you this morning. We thank you for this opportunity to be with you in your house. And Father, as we get ready to leave this morning, we just ask that you would go with us. Give us your eyes. Make us your hands and your feet. Fill us with your love. And Lord, as we enter the mission field, may we go in love and joy, sharing you with everyone we meet. And Father, may our heart beat in every moment for a relationship that is closer with you. A heart that wants to be completely like you. Thank you, Jesus, for all you do. In your name we pray. Amen.